The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hi there, Nookie, and welcome to the beginning of a new season on the show that looks at connection, the ones we have with each other, and the ones we have with our own authentic selves. And as promised, something new in season two, and we will deliver with shows featuring legends in the world of fetish and kink, athletes and actors who've discovered how playing a role makes them understand their own true selves and a special edition of the show coming up where we will visit two female owners of two successful sex shops to discover what it's like to help others find their dreams. And next week, we turn the tables to look at the show so far as Jane Boone hosts our first anniversary show with appearances from former guests and a look into how this show has allowed me to become my authentic self. I'm so excited to get the new season underway, and I hope you are too. With that, cue the dramatic music. It's time to put on our spandex and enter the world of superheroines. Today on the season premiere of the show, four remarkable women, one man with a dream, a movement across the superheroine fetish world, and a story of how one fantasy launched an entire universe. Today, it's Ultra Girl, a study in character. My name is Constance Kelly. My name is Rachel Kelly. My name is Carissa Kelly. My name is Abby Kelly. I am a reporter for Liberty City Online News Channel. To the outside world, I am just a reporter for an online news media outlet. But in secret, I use the powers given to me by my power belt to fight for justice and to continue to prove my worth to the protectors. I am Ultra Girl. A few years ago, a fetish lover decided to order a custom video. He had a specific idea of what he wanted. It was a super heroine based on a well-known character, but he wanted something all his own. He goes by the moniker Sam Houston Binder, SH Binder for short. And as every superheroine has an origin story, he shares the one for this character now. So where the idea of the character came from is, is pretty simple. I've always had this affinity for the like 80s Supergirl costume, the one with the hot pants and the blouse and 
um, you know, in just that look. Um, and of course, I, I grew up as a child in the 70s with, uh, you know, the Batman TV show and Batgirl, uh, but also like Wonder Woman. And, and it, back in that day, every TV show you turned on, the women wore pantyhose. I don't know if that was some sort of network rule or something, but I didn't complain about it. And uh, so watching Wonder Woman, The Bionic Woman, uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century, uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard, obviously, uh, Three's Company even, where they wore pantyhose even when scenes didn't call for pantyhose. Uh, and there was one scene in one episode of Wonder Woman where Linda Carter wore uh, a bathing suit by the pool with pantyhose on. And so uh, that was, as far as the look is concerned, that's where all that came from. Um, and Ultra Girl, her, her power set, the things that I thought about is, is that as I started uh, reaching out more and more to um, models and producers that did custom work, it was gonna be really difficult to always have, you know, kryptonite is the weakness, right? Cause that's, a, a, that would be a very overused trope very quickly. So um, because the Linda Carter Wonder Woman from the TV show, her weakness was away from Paradise Island. If you removed her belt, she became powerless. That seemed like a, an easier thing to uh, pull off in custom video work. And the, the, the trope was basically finding new interesting, way, interesting ways to have her belt removed, um, either with her uh, taking it off herself or having it removed herself. So um, the first uh, model that reached out to me um, via Twitter was Constance. And I think that based on things that I was tweeting and retweeting at the time, we both live in Texas. And so she reached out to me via direct message and said, hey, do you want to shoot? And I, I told her, well, uh, that sounds interesting, but I'm not a producer, I'm just a fan. And she said, well, we can still get together. And I, I spent a couple of messages going back and forth. So what is this again? Like, what, what do you mean by, what's a session? Like, what is, what is that all about? And so she described it to me and I go, okay, if you're willing to trust me to do that, let's, let's go ahead. So we met for the first time and you know, she brought her Wonder Woman stuff, her Supergirl stuff, but she had this blue leotard in her, in her suitcase. And uh, I think uh, Gold Belt and Ray Fields, I said, okay, why don't you dress up like this? And that was the start of uh, my first session and what eventually became the first custom that came out for Ultra Girl. So I have a long answer to a very simple question, but uh, uh, she's an amalgamation of just a lot of kinks and interests that I have. The pantyhose, the powerful superheroine, easily uh, subdued, easily made helpless. Um, and, um, spandex and pantyhose, all that stuff together. How did you come about, and I'm guessing it's the combination of Supergirl and Wonder Woman mm -hmm. with the look, because there is a very specific look to the point where uh, you were uh, nice enough to share with me the official leotard, the official <laughs> tights, <laughs> the official type of belt. I mean, mm -hmm. it has become an absolute vision for you. That's a, that's a good question because it, it started off very simply like it's what Constant had with her. And then as we started to um, meet more often, I started, okay, well, let's not just leave it to what she has with her. Let me build what I actually want to see. So as I started going, of course, on Amazon internet, I found these pieces of this costume that I wanted to pull together for the ultra girl look. And, you know, it took a while to find all the right pieces and um, it just, when I, when I ordered it, I would, uh, so again, Constance was my first one. So I would order the pieces for her, send them to her, ask her to 
take a selfie with you know this piece on this piece on and eventually over time that became the look um from a practical standpoint i didn't include the cape because it was gonna be very difficult to have consistently have someone with a cape that looked looked good on camera so it seemed uh and you know back when i you know back in the 90s when i lived in georgia i got involved with the you know the local bdsm scene there um i was encouraged by a friend of mine to explore that part of me and um i i met with a sex worker we 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 did some role playing that sort of thing and um that actually is is where the first the very first person i dressed up like that um uh, came from and it became a recurring theme. We met in Atlanta several times and we played and, and it, was, uh, it was a way for me to act out that fantasy. So, um, but that, that once, once I saw it on Constance for the first time, I'm like, hey, that's the look I want and just replicated it with anyone who would work with me. The tights are specifically very shiny. And that <laughs> is where you and I are indeed kindred spirits because I remember them from the aerobics outfits of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I, I get so upset these days whenever they do a portrayal of 80s aerobics and they're showing cotton leotards. I'm going, no, that was not what it looked like. <laughs> right, I know right. what it looked like. I got to work out with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders mm -hmm. over in Highland <laughs> Park. They wore right. shine from top to bottom. Yep. Is it the way the light catches them that creates this wonderful illusion of touch in the tights and in the leotards that becomes so seductive? Well, it's definitely the look because, um, you know, I don't, I've sessioned with a very few number of models who have played the character. So, um, but the look itself, you know, it just looks fantastic on camera. It looks fantastic on screen. I think that, um, Shiny Bound, who um, did the first Ultra Girl custom with Chrissy Marie, um, he used a certain um, set of tights that I go, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for, right? So, um, and I know that um, you know in in some of the sessions that we've been on, you know, that the thing you talk about where like you know it um, when you run your fingers over it and it has a sensation to the person wearing it, yeah, that you know one model experienced that with me and she's like, oh, it's just felt really good. So it's, um, I think the shiny part, um, for me, um, it, it makes it, it makes the character, um, seem in some ways larger than life, mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, feels like a real person because I've met real people that have played the role. I've met real people that have, uh, had the, this kink as part of what they do. And so, um, it's sort of a, sort of a, a juxtaposition of fantasy, but also some reality for me. When was the first moment in your life that you knew that this fetish would define your sexual life or your kink life? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, I, as I said earlier, I'm a you know, growing up in the 70s, I knew watching certain scenes on TV, not every scene, but just certain scenes with um, super heroines, you know, either being bound or it, it, it excited me. And, and like any, like, you know, my parents and I never had the talk. So like not, not being able to identify what that feeling was, not having word to it. I just said, I just talked it up to 
oh yeah, I'm just nervous or I'm anxious or that's just a that's just a scene me getting nervous for the for the heroin, right? Uh, and as I grew older, um, I uh, I, exper I experimented on, with myself. I tied myself up and I recorded myself on a camera, and I found myself getting you know excited about seeing myself. But it wasn't really about me being tied up. It was more about me seeing someone or seeing a vision of someone tied up. Um, it's um, so very early on, I would say, you know, you know, eight years old, maybe, you know, maybe nine. So, um, but uh, it's, it certainly has um, been something that has been in parts of my life, I would say that I've tried to compartmentalize it is that that's, that's another side of me. Mm -hmm. That's somebody else. That's my, um, that's my private self, right? My public self is very different. And there have been times in my life where I've said, no, this is, this is part of me and I enjoy this stuff. And um, it, it's something that I, I shouldn't have a whole lot of shame enjoying because the more I talk about it, the more I find, oh yeah, I, I collected this when I was a kid or I watched this when I was a kid. And um, the more I listen to podcasts or hop on Twitter, I, I find that there are a lot of people that do uh, have the same origin story as I do. You're definitely not alone. I mean, hearing your story, I'm sitting going, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Uh, and it's quite frankly, joyous to hear because I spent most of my first 50 years knowing that people had the kink, but not being able to enjoy it. I was able to do it in college because I had a wonderful girlfriend who like to do it. Uh, but then when I got married, nothing for more than 20 years. And then I did my some curiosity play and discovered that I really loved it. And then when my ultimate superhero scene happened, which was a birthday scene that I've written about uh, on my FetLife profile, uh, it's called Diary of a Week of Anticipation, if anybody wants to look for it. It was the culmination of everything I'd ever dreamed of, being dressed as a, in my case, I wanted to be the superheroines, which was not having to do anything with body dysmorphia, but more about the fact that I wanted to feel as though I was the one being desired. Uh -huh. And so when they had this scene and the, the top was dressed as Poison Ivy, another top was dressed as Harley Quinn, another one dressed as Catwoman, and Batgirl was the one who had been kidnapped and I was trying to save, I think you, you and I can oh. just totally go, yep, that's us. Yep, yep, yep. At what point did you realize this was more than just ordering a custom or two this has become a movement that so many different people enjoy playing this role. <laughs> well, I, I would say that it was, it started off as a bit of panic. Um, I had, as I said earlier, Constance was my first one. And then she did a custom with um, Misty Lovelace playing ultra girl for one custom for me. And then um, through communications, I had uh, reached out to Whitney Morgan and Rachel Adams. And as I, and 
as I purchased the costume for more models, I discovered that, you know, especially Rachel, Rachel traveled with the costume and all it took was for one producer to see that she brought it with her and for that producer to say, oh, I want to shoot you in that. I have an idea. I want to shoot you in that. <laughs> so it started becoming uh, where I saw a lot of content being created by other producers where I had no hand in it other than I bought the costume for Rachel. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I, I got to admit, I got a little jealous about that. And I, well, wait, that's, that's my character. Um, you don't get to play with her. <laughs> I get to play with her. So that caused me to say, well, shoot, if, if someone else um, sees the value in that and is generating sales with her playing that role, um, I want to get my stories out there. Mm -hmm. So I started reaching out to, especially in 2020 when the pandemic hit, uh, for, for people who were filming still, reached out to models who I, I looked and I go, okay, she could be an ultra role. Oh, okay. She could be one too. And, oh, I like her look. It's unique. It's not mm -hmm. the same as the first eight or nine, whatever. I want to order a custom for her. And so the more and more I, it was almost like a crusade. Like, you know, it's like getting my stories out there, but I, I started reaching out to multiple models, multiple producers, and it sort of took a life of its own. And then, you know, when models travel with the costume, they'll, you know, again, occasionally someone producers like, okay, I want to shoot you in that. And, and I've been very grateful that honestly, there's a lot of ultra girl content that I don't have a hand in creating. <laughs> so it's almost like getting, you know, it's like the, you know, it's like compound interest. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but, um, uh, throughout this whole thing, uh, I just have gotten, um, more and more satisfaction in every one that I order. Um, the care and kindness that the models have for the character, the care and kindness that the producers have trying to produce what I want to see. Um, I found that very affirming. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I've often reached out to them afterwards. Hey, did it sell really well? Did it not? What, what would you change? That sort of thing. Um, and, then, and then throughout everything that I ordered in the last couple of years, I've been trying to also insert little, um, you know, little teasers for a larger narrative that I want to produce, or want to either produce or have someone produce next year um, that will sort of bring the whole multiverse of Ultra Girl story to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe, you know, that'll be like the final concert, like, you know, I have a final concert, good night, everybody, and the <laughs> band breaks up. <laughs> but uh, there's still a larger story I want to tell. I, I I lost my job in March, so I've kind of tapped the brakes on that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to finish it. I do want to finish it. But um, yeah, I was, it, it, it just, uh, but the more content that I put out there and the more people that either liked or retweeted or commented back about Ultra Girl content being out there, um, it, it uh, I never, I never intended for it to take on a life of its own, but it just did. Now you've heard how the idea started, and we're joined by four women who have brought that character to life. The fetish model and burlesque performer, Abby Dandy. The original Ultra Girl model, Constance. The dynamic cosplayer and fetish model, Carissa Dumont. And the popular fetish model and most prolific of the Ultra Girl creators, 
Rachel Adams on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. (laughs) We are all having a little bit of a laugh as we start season two (laughs) with the first five. But since I have four wonderful characters, I'm going to ask each one of them a first five question. And I'm going to start alphabetically by first name, which means the one and only Abby Dandy gets to start off. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) First time you slipped into fetish wear and your reaction to it. Ooh, what a great question. I mean, I I really like started my fetish journey in corsets. So like I remember lusting after one and they're they're like a I was in high school, it's an expense when you don't have like a real job, you know. I was working a hot dog on a stick. So just like <laughs> Like is that go. uniform fetish wear for some people? <laughs> you know what? I would qualify. You know, they're very, they keep the, the hats. Like you have to keep them in the store. They, they keep, it's very secret. You know, that could be somebody's kink, you know, obtaining the, anyway, back on track. <laughs> the first time I ever wore a corset, it just kind of like, it all, the, like the skies parted. It was something I had like saved all my pennies for. And I, it was so gratifying just to cinch up for the first time. Carissa, yes. first time you ever performed a fetish scene and your reaction to it. Oh my goodness, a uh, fetish scene. Uh, it was at FetCon and I was in my late 40s and it was exciting, scary. Um, it, it, was, it was a great experience, um, a first time for me. I never knew that the fetish world really existed until I went to FetCon um, and oh, <laughs> I love it. And I like not only the fetish, the bondage, um, I also even like the costumes, the cosplay, actually going to MegaCon this weekend and doing Ultra Girl and Wonder Woman. So oh, I just, cool. I love it. It's, it's, it's fun fantasy, but um, just, and, and feeling, you know, that inner part of you that wanted to do this for so long and didn't really know it. Now it's alive and ready to go. <laughs> Constance, first time you ever received a positive reaction for one of your videos and your reaction to it. Oh, Lord. Um, (laughs) Now you're making me think many years ago. um so one of like a custom video that I did or just a video that I was on someone else's site where you went wow I didn't expect that (laughs) um okay um I would probably say it was probably a bondage shoe because I did start out in the bondage industry and um being tied up didn't expect that's what bondage was about (laughs) at all you know you see it in movies and you see it in old westerns and stuff you don't really know what it's about um so the feeling was like wow and then when I got positive feedback on that the man this girl's gonna be a good bondage model I'm like okay well this is what I'll do you know it's obviously not what I do anymore because I shoot um, uh, mainly the uh, sleepy and the limp and the wrestling mm-hmm. fetish now so mm-hmm. but it was you know it was just a joy and it was exciting to see okay this is this fetish and this bondage and whatever else I you know learned about fetish is was exciting mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> very cool Rachel, first time 
you ever felt a little bit different? Well, I started, I started off in bondage in like 20, like 2008, I think. And I had no Mm -hmm. idea that it was more like, because I was an art model and we did like really pretty artsy pictures with the rope and whatever, but I didn't think anything, I didn't know Mm -hmm. of it being like a kink or it being like an industry or whatever. So for me, it was more of a challenge than me being like interested in the kinky parts of it. I found it fun. I found it exciting, but it wasn't like, I guess I never felt like I was different or that I had any kind of like particular kinks I didn't know I had. It was just more like I had fun doing it. It was challenging. So the final first five question will be the same for all of you. And we'll go again in alphabetical order. Abby, first time you donned the ultra girl outfit and what you thought of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the first one. I think it was, I'm certain it was a custom. um, And I remember it was a fun plot where I was like ultra girl was on a photo shoot and and somebody surprised her in the middle of her photo shoot. And by this point, I I had already been pretty, like I'd been doing kink and bondage modeling for at least two years before ultra girl came into the story and it just kind of like felt like a perfect fit because I do dramatic over the top stuff you know and that's like the film noir cheesy I live for that I live for that and then this came onto my desk and I was like oh this is fun why not yeah (laughs) Carissa first time you put on the red blue and gold Oh my goodness. Um, I was approached by SH Binder uh, in July, 2020. So I'm relatively new at it. And he said, just have fun with it, you know, do a little bondage and you know, just kind of give me an idea where you're going. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the beach. He's like, and she's going with you? Of course, yes. So it was really exciting um, trying to plan because it was also getting in front of other people in the outfit at the same time. Um, so we went really early to a very more quiet beach, New Smyrna, and uh, I even had to change in the nasty restrooms at the beach. Disgusting, <laughs> but it's still it was fun. And as I'm on the beach and just kind of posing and then doing just a little bit of tying, an older woman walks by um, in her bathing suit um, in her little walking shoes, and she's like, "You go, Supergirl!" And I was like thanks. I'm ultra girl, but thank you so much. It was just, it was such a great experience to have somebody like what I did, even though it was odd and I'm in the middle of the beach and, and just having the outfit on. And I, I I just, I felt very privileged to do it. And of course, having those pictures, you know, SH Binder was super excited and that just got me started. I take her everywhere, the pool, the springs, you know, anywhere. I like her outside, even though she gets in trouble and gets tied up. It's still fun. (laughs) Constance, how about you? So I was in 2016. um, SH Binder actually hired me for a session and it was his idea. And so I was the first and we didn't have the red shorts at that time. We just had the uh, blue leotard and I had the um, gold belt from Supergirl or whatever. So he's like, bring that. And then, um, so he hired me. He's like, you know, he emailed me what he wanted to do for the session. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And like, I do sessions too. So um, when we, you know, I got to the hotel and he gave me his vision again. And it's like, yep, let's just do it. And so we took a few pictures first and then we did a video. 
Um, and then I think we, he recorded the video on his camera and then he was able, he edited it and so I put it on my store. Um, then I think the next time I worked with him, we had the red shorts then. And we even, I can't remember if it was the second or third time I had seen him if we did it at a dungeon or whatever. But from, but from the very first session, I got the red shorts and the belts. He would just always say, okay, here's another video I want us to do. And whether it was with him or whether I just produced it on my own or whatever. Um, it was interesting because I have, I have played different um, superheroines, obviously, over the life of my career. So doing Ultra Girl did have that um supergirl fill of course so it had that supergirl fill so when we did ultra go i'm like okay this is an interesting you know this is kind of like a twist or whatever on supergirl so i'm like i like this you know so it was um it was it was a different twist i don't know how to explain it better and there's a different twist on supergirl but even more fun i guess mm -hmm. than yeah yeah definitely was like Supergirl and Wonder Woman, you see them all over the world and movies, CW, fetish, you know, whatever. So you see that all over the place. And include, I forgot, forgot Batgirl and Batwoman, but anyway, you see that all the time. So to actually have Ultra Girl as a new character brought into the fetish world, and for me to be the first one, I'm honored. Like, I'm honored to see where his um, vision has gotten to many other Ultra Girl fetish models now and other Ultra Girl fetish producers um, where that's gone. I'm like, I'm really proud of him. <laughs> and I'm really <laughs> proud of the success and the, the ideas that he's creating for numerous different people. Yes. From the first Ultra Girl to the one that S.H. Binder called the most prolific Ultra Girl, <laughs> Rachel, first time you ever donned the tights. Um, it was like January 2018. We started trying to figure out how to piece the costume together. I went ahead and looked, looked back to find the dates because I, I figured I might be asked this question during this interview. Um, so it was January 2018. We started trying to scour the internet, trying to find the pieces so we could figure out how to order the costume for me and for anybody else who's going to have us all for girls. So we're trying to find the, find the bodysuit and trying to find the shorts and then he would have me just bring it with me. So it ended up living in my shoot bag. And then he'd be like, so who are you working with this particular trip? Cause I shoot 90% bondage and she's mm -hmm. always tied up. So it was like, well, who's on this trip? So it's like, well, I'm gonna be in Florida. I'm working with these people. And he'd be like, well, okay. And he'd send off customs to a couple people there. And it was always loose parameters. So he'd let them create their own character and create their own villain and their own like layer and their own plot and just kind of let them run free. So it's like, well, I just want these five line items but it ended up being a lot of fun for the producers because they don't end up just becoming, just being able to be these really campy villains that do all these crazy things. So it was a lot of fun for a lot of people I worked with just to come up with their own things. Like I'm trying to remember who the first one was. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember, honestly. But I know I carried the suit in my bag for a long time and he was just, he just asked me who, where I was going and who I was touring with. And then as I started wearing it with other people, it gained popularity and then I started then other people started making their own stories with the costume it just kind of went from there have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports no not the jet ski kind and you really want to fulfill their fantasy but you're nervous that's totally normal I'm Kate Sloan 
I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. And we welcome you back to the show, where we are joined by Abby Dandy, Carissa Dumont, Constance, and Rachel Adams, four amazing women who all played the character of Ultra Girl. And when I talked to Sam in a, an interview leading up to this, I was amazed how one person's vision could connect with so many different people. And Carissa, I'm going to start with you this time. What is it about that connection that makes this character not only so entertaining for you, but mm -hmm. something that you want to do all the time? It's powerful. I mean, even though she eventually loses her belt and she's tied up, it's still, it's powerful. I mean, just as, as a, a woman and being able to put on the costume and I love the shoes. I love the way it feels. Um, he's even given me, you know, the ability to cut off the sleeves and have it more as like a little tank. I, I don't know. It just, I like it. Um, <laughs> and it's fun and people, when they see it, whether they see it as ultra girl or Supergirl or wonder woman, it brings a smile to their face and them smiling, of course, you know, makes me smile too. Um, I love it. I even, I got my necklace made and everything. I just, I like the freedom to be able to take his idea and then kind of expand it more. And we've all kind of done that and taken it and add a, adding our own personal touch to it. That's the yeah, best. I would agree. Like it's, it's so, it's such a malleable character yeah. and it's, it's so easy for us to like add our own spins on mm -hmm. it. I think like Constance said earlier, like it's, we can each add a little different mm -hmm. flair, but it's, it's timeless. It's timeless. Yes. It's fun. Yes. Yes. Rachel, what is it that connects you with the character so much? Initially, my first thought was I liked that the costume was really easy to tie over. You know, that was my first thought. Yes, agree. There's, no, there's no cape. Yeah. There's no <laughs> face mask. Right. You know, that was Hallelujah. my first thought with the costume was how easy it was to, to work into all the different like being mummified or having hoods on or blindfolds. You could do whatever with it and you wouldn't mess up the costume. But um, 
it's always fun to do the comic book characters, but since it was one that was more of a vision of somebody recently, we don't have to carry around the baggage of the origin of all the different original timelines from like 50, 60, 70 years ago, where people would be like, hey, that's not original. That's not how the character was originally meant to be. And you're able to just portray the character however the current vision is without upsetting any of the prior fans of the original or the new version of a character it's nice that we don't have to combat that like that like batgirl there's so many versions yeah. of batgirl and there's always people like mm -hmm. oh well the purple costume is the original or the one with the stitching from michelle pfeiffer that one's the original it's like since it's a newer character we don't have to worry about upsetting people who are very diehard fans mm -hmm. to the original story which makes right. it so we can kind of make it our own mm -hmm. without offending anybody yeah. right <laughs> no, no that's good you're right you're right yeah, that's exactly right yeah. and constance you have the unique perspective of actually being able to look into the eyes of the person that had this idea the yeah. first time he saw it and i'll go back to the time where i first saw a woman in a latex cat suit in person. I almost fainted. <laughs> My friend said I had to, I literally had to pick you up uh, because I had through all my fantasy life waited to see somebody in a latex cat suit. And when she looks up and goes, you want to touch it? I'm like, oh my God. So constant. So I I can imagine what my face was like at the time. Constance, describe what it was like looking face to face at Sam, this man whose fantasy you're literally about to make come true. Right. Uh, that's an that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, at first, I didn't know like how it would progress because like I said, I do a lot of sessions and I have all kinds of session clients that ask to do different things. So at first I just thought, okay, this is just gonna be another session client. We'll see where it goes. But then, you know, when we, after the session and just doing the video, it was beautiful. And then when he kept, when he emailed me back and said, or emailed and said, hey, I want to do this character again. And like Rachel had said earlier, you know, trying to figure out what different outfits, you know, to make it the perfect outfit, you know, um, and I'm like, okay, this isn't just a session guy. He, you know, that's just a one-time done type you know, situation. This is going to be an ongoing thing. And that is happy. That makes me happy because I like when I get that repeat, you know, business and the repeat, um, just whatever. And so when he kept coming to me and then of course he would branch out to other models and just to see his vision just um, blow up, like in a good way, just like blow up like everywhere and seeing different things. It's like, wow, this is amazing to see his vision, his fantasy. I don't know if it would be more of a vision, fantasy, or, or both, really, because it was his fan, and it is his fantasy, and it is also his vision. It's both. Mm -hmm. So to see this come up from him, and, and it just populates so well over the, what, six years now? Wow. Six years from 2016 wow. to 2021. Yeah, six years is truly remarkable to know that, wow, I, I met this guy 
first, <laughs> you know, or I met this guy <laughs> in, in person and he had this beautiful idea that he wanted to create this character to do numerous different scenarios, you know, get herself trapped or get herself locked in somewhere or get herself, you know, always the bell comes off and the boots come off (laughs) and just put little different predicaments. It it was truly, it's truly special. And I will be forever grateful that um, I did meet him face to face. And we've, you know, we've seen each other since then, of course, but Mm -hmm. just knowing that his idea and his love and his vision and his fantasy is coming true in numerous different um and one character played by numerous different women um is just it's truly special and i'm glad he reached out to me and i'm glad that um he's able to reach out to um other ladies as well and other producers that hire the ladies to Mm -hmm. uh, make this character even more successful than what it was when we first started abby the constant is the costume but you each in either your fetish persona or Mm -hmm. in your own true character bring something different to the character. What Mm -hmm. is it of yourself that you bring into this character? Ah, interesting, that's a great question. Um, Well, I come from a theater background and I feel like I've professionally been bringing fantasy to life for a very long time and so I feel like it's it's so easy for me to jump into this fantastical world with ultra girl and I don't know hopefully I bring some brevity some lightness some silliness to it because that's the only reason I'm doing it to make everybody have fun and to have a good time you know yeah (laughs) Rachel same question for you what is it about the character of Rachel Adams or the person that you are, that you bring your own special spin to this character? That's a really good question. (laughs) Um, Growing up, all my friends were really into comic books and we used to read a lot of comic books. And it was always, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to even, I don't know. That's a really tough question for me. Like I never did theater, but I started off in independent films. So it was always storytelling and everything. Like when I was in college, we did a lot of independent films. Um, I do like that these characters usually don't have very specific dialogues. We can kind of run with it however we want to run with it within the confines. So we kind of like make it our own and, you know, come up with our own Mm -hmm. way to narrate situation. And um, I'm not sure. That's a really hard one. Like, I don't know if there's anything specific <laughs> that I bring that other people don't, you know, I think we all. We all have our yeah. own separate energies, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, like the character sits different just naturally yeah. in each of us. And I think that's awesome. Carissa, what is the one thing, the one spark that your portrayal brings? Um, I think it's just the, the love of the outdoors. Um, I see a lot of this stuff is done in hotel rooms and I wanted to pull out of the hotel room and get outside either with people, the, the water, the trees. I want more of that um, because to me, that's something that's just got a little bit more to it than just a hotel room. Um, and you can do such, I mean, you know, it also ties into fantasy girl caught in the woods. You know, I just, I like that part of it. And that's what I try to pull into it. 
Constance, how about you? You know, this is actually a hard question. I do have to agree with Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think as a a person, not, not the character, I think as the person, you know, like Rachel said, growing up, you know, I, you know, you read those comic books. And of course, I used to watch a lot of Westerns. And so we would always see, you know, like the Gene Autry or the John Wayne and the woman would fall over, you know, on the horse and they would pick them up, lift and carry, or you see the woman struggling or whatever. So, you know, so I knew what bondage and stuff was, but of course, you know, watching it as a child or as a teenager, you know, you think of, oh, you know, the, those are just characters that didn't, you know, that's not really going to happen, which it doesn't happen. You know, it's not happening in the character we're portraying um, now either as a real thing. You know, it happens as a character. And so to portray that and actually say, oh, look, I could be in a movie. This is what they had on John Wayne or you know, those damsels in distress then. You know, this is what you have now and this character that we're playing. So, um, so to get yourself my instance to get myself into that mindset okay look you're you're not Constance Constance you're ultra girl make sure you know this is what you have you know this is what you know whoever is ordering this wants to see come to life make sure you get yourself that mind frame that this this is just acting (laughs) you know this isn't really happening and you're just bringing a fantasy to life it is indeed an amazing fantasy when it comes to superheroines and damsel in distress. If you could, each of you, talk about one other person that plays Ultra Girl and what they bring to them, other than the uh, four people that we have here, because how many are there now? Is it oh, close God. to 30 different people now? Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole bunch. There is. Yeah. I've seen some uh, or some clips of Tamiko playing Ultra Girl, and she brings this like right. fierceness and this like I don't know tenacity to it that I think is really awesome. But yeah, right. there's there's a bunch of Ultra Girls there now. Is a bunch. <laughs> yes, um, I would have to say I um, I'm enjoying. I like Chrissy Marie's too. Um, she is one of those. Uh, She's so cute. In my opinion, she's one of those. <laughs> perfect damsels (laughs) like I mean I know she can play like a tough role if she wants to um and if she gets custom to but I think just seeing her and her because she's so short you know she's tiny and short like me I'm very short but anyway so I have no one I'm happy when I get to wear the boots it makes me a little taller (laughs) (laughs) yes love the boots but just to see you know just to see someone that is just you know really really has that perfect or a good damsel-y look. And Kristen yeah. Marie, I think, is one of them that has an excellent, perfect damsel look that she's, you know, she's a great ultra girl, I think. Uh, honestly, I like the diversity of the character because we have everyone mm-hmm. from like um, a short muscular stature, like like Tomiko or like Claire Irons. Then you have very voluptuous, mm-hmm. like Dee Williams with like, like looking more milfy with like all the curves then you have people like raven eve with the really dark look to her look to her and then you have then like right i have the long blondish hair like constance you know and then we have like little miss unique who has like who's really young with the dark hair and i like how there's no certain look for ultra girl 
Like, right. I think every yeah. single yeah. one of us has a different look and different portrayal of the character, but we're all still ultra girl, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I like that there's no yeah. one I- type, like Supergirl, mm-hmm. you see Supergirl, right. you visualize a certain look. And Wonder Woman, you see Wonder right. Woman in your head, you picture like Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, you know? So with Ultra Girl, right. since it's, it spreads so fast and there were so many people so quickly, <laughs> there's no particular type of look. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really young wonder, young Ultra Girls. There's one, they're like, I'm like, I'm in my late thirties. Mm-hmm. There's some in their forties, you know, all the way up. It's just like, it's great that it's not a certain look and we're all still Ultra Girl. You know, like I've mentioned a few right. times, just to see numerous people play this, numerous models and you play this. Right all shapes, sizes, ethnic backgrounds, color, you know, whatever hair color they are, whatever, Right. <laughs> just, to see, just to see that. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see who else he's going to have um, be mm-hmm. the next one. If so. there was a villain that you wanted to play opposite you, oh. who would be on your bucket list to be the one who's the villain that is using their strength over you? Mwah. Oh. Oh. Why you, John? Of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking more female, but sure, I'll do it. No. Okay, no. Well, you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, is is there? You know, because I I always think of Diana Knight, who used mm-hmm. to play so many characters in Jim Weathers' videos, oh, as right. my ultimate villainess. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one character she's ever played that hasn't been a perfect villainess. Wow. But I'm sure that in your travels, you all know people that would be like, yeah, I could definitely have a connection with this person and be able to do some amazing work. The person I worked with, I've only worked with him a handful of times, it's been a couple of years, that did the best in my head job at being a theatrical villain character that I haven't done Ultra Girl with is John Woods. American mm-hmm. Damsels, because when I worked yeah. with him, he used to write movies. It was like a whole DVD. He would have yeah. different, oh. there were like three yeah. or four different girls that would oh, come wow. in on different days. And anyway, he'd make the story interwoven. Yeah. He actually had like a big script, like a movie script. And he really put a lot of mm-hmm. effort into his, into like his props and his characters and character development and the story. And it was super involved. He was a storyteller. Right. And I've not done Ultra right. Girl with him. And I haven't seen him do it with anybody else either. Mm. So I think he would be a good villain because he does such great villain characters that are really theatrically done. Yeah, because that's gone back because he was in the Harvey Mm -hmm. videos. So that's gone. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, if he got his star and you're right, that's, that's, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Abby, can you think of anybody who you'd like to play across from? This is a tough question. You know, I'm, I'm still like relatively new in the king mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody particularly comes to mind um but mm-hmm. i will say that's that's what i love about this work like we've been mm-hmm. saying this whole time it's so it's like blank slate you know i love it's the storytelling that draws me mm-hmm. to the the project yes. always like yes. it's it's rarely i mean i love i love having a great co like somebody in the scene with me like always love a great partner but it's always mm-hmm. the storytelling above all else that drives me so right. i don't know we'll see who gets to be the scary villain next <laughs> <laughs> when we come back on the show we're going to talk about what is missing that makes this character so wonderful 
at least in your humble host opinion, and also talk about some of the producers that bring things to life when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, this is Rachel Leadham, aka The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachelleadham.com. And join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Hi, I'm Venus. I've been sharing my love for this beautiful relationship dynamic for, well, years now. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that finally there's a matchmaking service for single women and single men who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. It's called Venus Connections. It's a personalized matchmaking service and three-week educational program that's safe, private, and individualized for what you want. Women, you no longer need to endure the headache of filtering through blank profiles and dealing with online creeps. And men, you can stop wasting time on those fake profiles and women with all sorts of ulterior motives. Venus Connections works for you to find what you want. You can learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. You deserve the relationship of your dreams. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Back on the show with four amazing ladies who have given us an amazing conversation so far, and we're not close to being done. It's Abby (laughs) Dandy, Carissa Duman, Constance, and Rachel Adams. One of the things that I appreciate about the character, and I do go back to the old harmony days of love bondage and mm-hmm. uh, the superheroines things that, that John Woods did, and, and even Phil Carson to some extent, uh, Jim Weathers is doing now. Mm-hmm. There are so many producers that get the superheroine side of what fetish is about. Mm-hmm. Can you name a producer that you'd like to work with and why that particular producer comes to mind? Rachel, I'll start with you. 
The only bondage producer that I've really had that I wanted to meet and work with, like I've met in person and I worked with is Jim Weathers. I've never worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love working with people that really get involved in the character. And I think Extension Secure really gets mm-hmm. really involved in the character. He can. You took mm-hmm. mine, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I love working with him. Well, because he he has a theater background. He will go like all out into the character. And, you know, Mm -hmm. some people I've worked with before are kind of proud and don't want to get ridiculous. And he has no problem getting ridiculous, make the character be what he wants it to be. He does that. (laughs) And that makes a lot of fun Mm -hmm. for him to be ridiculous with the character just to make it, just to Mm -hmm. sell it like in a comic booky kind of overdone way. Jim Weathers is amazing to have seen his original work back when he used to be with JW Scans with his with his partner who passed away uh, mm-hmm. to uh, his fascination with Batgirl. I still say the census suit story that he wrote is still one of the hottest things I've ever read. And then he brought it to life with Kendra James. So that was pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, Carissa, how about you? Is there a producer that you'd love to work with? Um, I, again, I, I don't have much knowledge of a lot of the producers still being somewhat new to it, but I do know the funnest one I've done so far is Faith on Fire. Hmm. She curious. <laughs> And it's always a blast. And she has ways of putting it together down to the smallest detail. I just, I love working with her and I like how she makes the character really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a good lady. Yeah, she's awesome. Abby, do you have somebody on your bucket list? You're there in Las Vegas with a lot of people around you and (laughs) in California, just a little bit away. (laughs) This is kind of a spicy question because I I work exclusively besides myself. I work with Imago Studios here in Mm -hmm. town, but that doesn't stop me from admiring other people's work, (laughs) you know, like uh, Shiny Bound, like... um, I, I love just the style, like the, the grittiness and uh, mm-hmm. he, he like fully commits to everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um, I always love the, like Rachel said, you know, like the, the theatrical people who are willing to commit mm-hmm. to things, you know, that's what I'm down right. for. Yeah. Right. Here is my question that I've been curious about because I know that there's a fine line between professionalism and what some people can do. There has to be a lot of trust when it comes to making fetish videos, especially bondage videos, when you are at an absolutely vulnerable piece. What is the key to making that perfect connection with someone who is doing a scene with you where you know that you can trust them? That's a tough question. I will say, I, I don't think it's about the other person. It's about knowing what's in yourself and realizing mm-hmm. that if your needs are not being met, it's up to you to step mm-hmm. up and make sure that they are met. Um, right. But, but yeah, this, this trust reason is, is a huge part of the reason that I came to the decision to work exclusively with Imago and myself, right? Right. It's, it's a whole vetting process, you know, to make sure that you're comfortable with who's rigging you because it, it can get dangerous fast. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I think a lot of it for me 
has to do with how much I know that they're paying attention, they're focused on what's going on. And one of the things, one of the things that I've always thought was important is if they're a producer that works with other people, you know, then they have mm-hmm. to make sure that things go well for everyone. Cause we're kind of accountable to each other. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like if something goes wrong with a model, then everybody knows if something goes wrong with a producer. Everybody knows. So in and of itself, right. working with people who are industry, regardless where they are, mm-hmm. there's, as long as you know, they are paying attention, they respect you, they're, they are acknowledging things like you can communicate if something's too tight or something's wrong place or whatever, as long as you can tell that they right. genuinely care what's going on and that they are mm-hmm. part of the industry to a degree, then I know that, you know, there's more of a safety net there. But I also don't do the really okay. extreme stuff, except with a handful of people I've known for a really long time. If they, do, if I don't know them super well, they can be like, "Well, I saw you do this for so and so," and it's like, "Well, no, that doesn't mean I'm doing it for you." <laughs> Just doesn't matter. Me I don't trust you like that. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. There are certain yep, people that I will do <laughs> yeah. the more extreme bondage things with. Like I've done some really extreme altar girl clips yeah. with people, where the costume gets cut off, and right. there's the clips put yes. everywhere, and it gets crazy. An anal. And it's only with certain yes. people that I know, regardless what they're doing, they're focused on making sure that I'm safe. They're making sure that everything's okay. Even if we're not talking in the clip, we have ways of communicating with eye contact or with like certain phrases mm-hmm. or yeah. sounds or something. It's making sure that, you know, you're working within what you're comfortable doing. And if it's something that is more extreme than you're willing to do, you make sure it's known who you're wanting to do that with yeah. and not with just everybody. Cause that's something that I think is difficult for some producers to understand is that if you do something for one person, you don't do it for everybody. Exactly. And it doesn't <laughs> yeah. work that way. Yeah. No, Rachel brings up, Rachel brings up excellent points. You know, if, if you are a model or a producer and you are going to be working with a rigor um, in the industry, you do want to make sure to see that even if he's brand new, but even if he's been in this, you know, for a while, you need to make sure that, you know, he does have those good references and none of the girls have gotten hurt on set or what have you. So trusting someone um, to tie you. Yeah. It's, it's a lot for sure. And like she said, like Rachel said, um, knowing your, your cues or your number one, having your safe word. Like I know sometimes when you have a a gag in your mouth or whatever, sometimes it's your safe word or whatever so that's when that's when the visual the eye contact will come in or like you Mm -hmm. know I know you guys can't see me on the camera but I'm moving my hands but anyway (laughs) um if you you know you know do something with your hands and and you you know to tell them before the shoot you know look if I need to get tied out and I'm untied excuse me if I need to get out and I have a gag and look at my eyes I'll blink like three or four times really fast or if my you know if my fingers are free because you know yes sometimes we get our fingers you know taped or whatever but if our fingers are free do a quick little you know I don't know what you guys want to call that like a blinking type thing with you yeah thank you I'm doing it I'm doing it right here but you guys can't see it (laughs) with my you know with your fingers to let them know so it's those cues that if you can't verbally state you know you need to be untied or whatever that you have these other other cues set into place for um that producer or that rigor you know because 
if it's not the producer that's rigging. Um, but yeah, it's it, it does take a lot of trust and you need to make sure that if you are working with someone um, that does that does bondage, is, you know, a rigger, that you need to say, okay, look, who have you worked with? Or if you already know, then you're like, oh, they worked with so-and-so and so, okay, you can get, you know, those references. How was he as a bondage, you know, top rigger or whatever? How was he and so on and so forth? And because it does, it takes a lot of trust and word of mouth spreads. That's the thing, Absolutely. the word of mouth spreads. So if you were going to be a, you know, horrible rigger or something horrible happens on your shoot or set or whatever, girls talk producers talk yeah. <laughs> i mean that's all there is to mm -hmm. it we talk i mean we don't, i don't like to say that we're you know we're not catty or petty or anything like that but we're all about safety, we're all about safety, safety. number one and if we, if we want to we meet we need to make sure that other girls in the industry are, are safe that's right. the main thing is safety is the first priority exactly i mean we all have to be functional we have to have hands and feet that work yeah. Yep. yeah because of what we do is kind of more taboo i guess there's no public yeah. place to go really it has to be word of mouth you know you you can't yeah. really yeah. you know go and get right. what happened with whoever anywhere else aside from from word of mouth before the break i mentioned about the one thing that is missing that makes this character so wonderful to me. And that is, it's not about the nudity. Mm, true. Right. Mm. He doesn't, yeah. It's yes. about the costume. It's yes. about the story. It's about the damsel in distress. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, you are correct. In this sexually charged world that we live mm -hmm. in. Yes. How refreshing is that? <laughs> <laughs> it is very refreshing not to have to shoot nude all the time. <laughs> I love shooting nude. Yes, I do. We were born nude. We should live nude. That's my philosophy in life. But right. it's very refreshing to put on costumes and to play right. characters and to you know, act in their footsteps or act in their life, right. you know, what, what they would right. do or whatever and not have to, oh yeah, here she's getting stripped down and then she's being tied up all naked. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the eye of the perceiver. It's what, what is under there? Ooh, I wish I only knew, you know, it's that fantasy. It's like, Ooh, I can, I'm going to dream about what she looks like underneath tonight, you know? So it's, it's it's nice to not always have to do it. <laughs> I think that's a lot with superheroine yeah. altogether. I think superheroine yeah. is heavy on costumes, not all the time, but I think the majority of the time people want Batgirl to stay in her costume or they want Supergirl to stay in her costume because right. the focus on comic books, you know, comic book characters never got naked. So I think no. No. with superheroes and comic book characters, there's more emphasis on that. And I like that better because you can be more theatrical and crazy and not worry yeah. about what am I flashing at the camera? You know, what angle am I at? Am I <laughs> showing something a little more explicit than I want to? You don't have to worry about people right. adding crazy things necessarily to your body because I shoot some crazy things sometimes. Um, crazy things to the body because the costume's on. And, right. you know, that's not really the genre because that's not really what the desired effect is for Ultra Girl which is more focused on the story. I like the storytelling. It's more of a yes. comic yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think refreshing is the right word. I mean, like, I love being naked. It's the best thing ever. And like, <laughs> as an entertainer, like in the strip clubs and stuff, like I've, of course, you make a bunch of money getting naked, whatever. But the most rewarding also for me connections I've ever made have been just times when somebody wants my company or somebody just wants your energy. And I think that really translates into uh, Ultra Girl as well with these, with these videos. And honestly, a lot of the content I like to produce too. Um, the sexiest thing you could ever do is be smart. You know, like it, it's all happening up in the brain. So it's refreshing, but it also makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. I want to follow that up with something that's a little meta. Okay. And it has to do with a conversation I've had with a few models, mostly latex fetishes, but anybody mm -hmm. who wears a cat suit or a spandex type outfit. Right. I have always said, and part of what gets me into it, mm -hmm. is it is the ultimate mindfulness exercise because mm -hmm. at any time you can choose a part of your body and it's being touched. And you yeah. can try to move away from that and that's mm -hmm. being touched right. to the point where there's this beautiful skin of safety that almost is around you and hugging you. Yes. So I'm going to ask the meta question that I like to ask and I'll <laughs> start with Constance. When you're in the outfit, is there a special feeling that you have? Um, I guess the feeling would be um, I'm happy, I guess, um, because you're exactly right. Like, you know, when you are in costumes or out of costume, something's gone and get touched and you do have that, I guess, security blanket or that layer of security that if, you know, that when you're in this costume, okay, something's still being covered. So they might touch it from the outside, but they're not actually touching it bare skin, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel happy when I'm in the outfit because I totally love pantyhose. I'm like a huge girl for like the shiny pantyhose. I mean, I do all that for my wrestling. I do the whole like 1980s style wrestling where we're the shiny pantyhose and stuff. So I do that for my videos for wrestling. So to do it, you know, to wear those same pantyhose, just the, the feeling of pantyhose on me just the shiny pantyhose on me is like latex you know it gives you that nice tanned look even though sometimes I am tan but just gives you that nice tanned so silky soft feeling and then to put the costume on over it um it's just that extra again security blanket <laughs> that it just it, it makes you feel it makes me feel happy knowing that okay this is the character that this person wants to see brought to life in this right. character in this costume so right. I am going to do my damnedest to um, make sure that he or she, you know, gets what he or she ordered um, because this is what their fantasy is. And this is what they, they want to see. And, and this is the ultra girl character. This is what they want. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess, again, I would just say it's like that little sense of happiness with the security. <laughs> yeah, I understand that that sense of safety, you know, that like uh, security blanket thing that feels nice, but it's honestly, it's, it's more the ritual for me, you know, it's like, okay, once everything's on now I'm in character or it's like time to get into that different world. 
Um, and it's, it's like a moving meditation almost not necessarily the feeling of it against my skin, but like the preparation and the mindset shift and definitely sliding that onto my skin. It's like, it's go time. Yeah. And just the feel of the costume as it goes on your body. I like that it, it almost like heightens the sensation. I'm a very tactile person. And if you, once you have it on, if you just, you know, stroke or, you know, touch everything's smooth and it just vibrates mm-hmm. and just, it feels good. It makes you happy. It's good endorphins. I love it. Yeah. I think the way it's made and because the pantyhose are that I often use are so tight and shiny, I think it makes everybody look yeah. good. Yes. So it makes me confident in it because the pantyhose are kind of a high rise and they make everything smooth and they smooth out every curve and yeah. (laughs) And then you're layering all the other stretchy things on it. And I think everyone looks good in the costume because of how it's made. And it makes me feel a little more confident in the costume because I feel more confident some like in things that I feel like make me look good. Than some exactly. of the costumes yeah. I've worn from <laughs> yeah. producers that don't necessarily fit like they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So right. I just make I like the the feel of the material on my skin and that it makes me more confident to do whatever we're doing because yeah. I think it makes everybody yeah, look good. Absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> As we wrap up, I want to ask each of you, what has this character brought to you that you take with you? Abby? Wow. Um, I would say that Ultra Girls brought me a new perspective, you know? Um, I did a lot of my work just straight glamour at the beginning of my bondage career, and this she, she, she sort of nudged me in a different direction. I mean, obviously, I'm still a high glamour model, but opened my perspective up to more storylines. Oh, nice. Yeah. Carissa, how about you? Um, I would have to say confidence. I just, I do. I kind of agree with the other girls. Um, just putting it on, you've got the heels, you've got the hose, it kind of cinches things together. And then the gold belt, it makes your waist look smaller. And it just the way it fits, you just feel like, yeah. And it's recognized from all ages, whether it's somebody who's just a little girl coming up and saying, Hey, I love your outfit, you know, to an older woman saying, go you got it it just it's very confident building and I like that and I know she's in there and I feel it when I wear it Constance um yeah what both ladies have said um I I like that um it's another superheroine um venture and I like (laughs) that it's a superhero venture that was created to make it it's his own unique idea so wearing that costume and bringing this character to life um is a, is a confident thing is a happy thing is a wow you trust me to do this type of scenario type thing you know thank you you know just wow is probably, if i could say wow for 10 seconds that's probably <laughs> what i would say for 10 seconds like it's just it's an empowering empowering type of thing that it's just you know it's just beautiful yeah and another word beautiful <laughs> i've i've made a lot of the friendships that i have with producers a little bit stronger by doing things because when you're, when you're part of the creative process with people 
you know, you kind right. of get to know people a little totally. bit better. And there were certain producers I worked with a handful of times and had very structured shoots with, and maybe not done a lot of more fun things, but allowing people to have the, their kind of creative liberties to make characters and stuff right. and working with people over and over again mm-hmm. to kind of further along the story, you know, it, yeah. I think it's made, made friendships better with some of the producers that I have mm-hmm. because of the creative process part of making it happen and kind of making the, I think when you make silly characters and you have fun doing it, it makes you mm-hmm. better friends than being just like, I'm like, I'm in here and I'm kidnapping you and I'm tying you up and leaving instead of being like, I'm this character that's collecting people and I have this dramatic costume <laughs> and I'm going to come in and you're going to, we're mm-hmm. going to do a choreographed fight and just very dramatic it makes it more fun and I think it makes friendships better when you have fun with people you know and so I think that's been the biggest change for me is that it just it's made friendships stronger with other people and then doing things with other ultra girls yes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you can do different ultra like two or three ultra girls in a video is always super like we've done that together Rachel. like even doing that's fun yeah to get yeah you know, numerous of us, numerous, numerous ultra girls that have played ultra girls together into like a right. big shoot or whatever. It's, it's fun to see each and everyone's ultra girl character. And, you know, it's, you're right. Just to yeah. actually. I know it's more of a consequence of it. Lasting right. memories. And those yeah. Friendships, yeah. 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 I agree. Built friendships. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Hashtag built friendships. <laughs> I think that Sam and I would both love to eventually see an ultra con where everyone gets together. Oh my and gosh. We, we just rent out a studio space and go, let's have fun. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I do want to give each of you an opportunity to uh, let us know where we can find you. And uh, if there's anything you'd like to promote, we would be more than happy to do that. Rachel, let's start with you. Um, all of my links are on racheladamsfantasies.com. I have um, a clip for sale and um, a mini vids and I want clips um, and OnlyFans, but all of the links for everything, including my email and my Twitter are on racheladamsfantasies.com. Constance. Um, yes. So you can find all of my links, Twitter, social medias, emails, all the above at constancescrazycinemas.com. <laughs> Carissa. Yes, I don't have many, just only fans, but I'm also on Twitter and that life and I, I just do it for fun. You know, the money is, is, is helpful, but I just, I just have a blast. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of your pictures showing up on my feed on FET. Yep. You are always having fun. That's for sure. Yes. Miss Very Abby. Uh, yeah, all of my adult content can be found at abbydandy.com slash links. And you can find my socials there too. Um, to promote myself, if you're into nerdy things like Dungeons and Dragons, every Tuesday live on Twitch, I stream D and D, and we smoke cannabis. It's called Weed D and D. Check it out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all my clips are at abbydandy.com/links. <laughs> Very cool. I cannot tell you how fun this has been and how wonderful it's been to hear all these different perspectives that started out as one man's fantasy, but has turned into something that has brought friends together 
and allowed you all to play an amazing character. So uh, obviously we want to thank Sam for bringing this all together and bringing us all together. And I really appreciate you all being with me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> what a great conversation. And it's so beautiful to hear how this one idea, this one fantasy, not only brought a dream to life, it has created a family of models who enjoy making the character their own. And now we are rejoined by S.H. Binder with a few last words on this amazing journey. So these four women have come together. They have made your dreams come true and they've told their stories about what it means to them. Just what does it mean to you that they came together to do this? Well, it means a lot. Um, it's real easy to get cynical in this line of work or this business because there are a lot of fans out there that you know, don't understand how it all works. They, um, they love the free samples. They love downloading pirated stuff. They, they don't know how much uh, work goes into just putting on one custom um, for one customer. And the fact that they enjoyed playing that role enough to say yes to an email from me, someone that, you know, in one regard is just a customer. I say that in quotes, right? Or just a fan. And that they care enough about the character that they want to tell their perspective on it on a podcast is very satisfying for me I, I by the time this airs i will talk to all of them and then uh, again i'll just say one more time just thank you to all four of them for taking the time um to tell their perspective on playing ultra girl and what it's meant to them because it's meant a lot to me and the thing that i want to end with is the fact that yes this was a fantasy of yours Yes, it's been a dream of yours, but you have proven that if you approach people in the right way, if you do it respectfully, if you do it honoring the work, that dreams can come true. That's a pretty cool feeling. Oh yeah, it, it's, um... I do pinch myself often. I won't tell you where, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if if I if, uh, there's no way that I could have anticipated, like you know, just that simple DM from one model about wanting to connect would turn into this, where people are tweeting about it, people are writing blogs about it. Um, I, I would have said, "There's no way. <laughs> there's no way." <laughs> But no, it does come down to that connection piece because um, in the middle of all of that, there was this one exchange between a bunch of models who they, they sort of said, okay, who wants to be her next? And there was this long series of back and forths about them recommending this one and this one. And they were all cheering them on and like, yeah, you should do this, reach out to them, that sort of thing. And so I thought, how does that happen? <laughs> But it does come down to respect, understanding the value of the work and being willing to um, compensate for that value um, is really important 
to anyone that's ever produced or acted in custom work. I think that if, as long as you understand the business side of this and the amount of energy that goes into this and you respond with an appropriate um, level of compensation, I mean, I think people respect you for respecting them. And by the way, Sam Houston Binder really doesn't sound like that. Like all true superhero characters, some have secret identities. And with privacy at a premium, the least I could do is help him keep his. As we were putting this show together, the OnlyFans controversy popped up in the news. And I think what Sam says in that last statement really resonates with the fact of how hard content creators work to be able to not only bring fantasies come true, but to be able to express themselves in a way that is authentic to them. There has to be some way that sex content creators, sex positive content creators, kink content creators, and all the other people that try to make people happy can be able to produce their work without somebody being judgmental and trying to shut it down. There's a reason we did this particular show to start season number two. And that is because it showcases what one man's dream handled in the proper way can become. It shows how four fetish models have put their hard work into making a character so amazing. We have to get to a time where we can all work together. And while violence and blood and guts is totally acceptable in the media, why is trying to make somebody else's life better and a little happier not accepted? It's a question we have to ask. It's a question that needs to be answered. And that's why I do this show. Because I believe in those people. I believe they should get a chance. I don't step up on my soapbox that often. But when I do, I put everything I can behind it. To the women and men and the wonderful humans that put together content to help us feel happy, thank you. We appreciate your work. We support you. And we hope that there can become a future where you can express yourselves with the freedom that you deserve and to be able to make the living that you deserve. We told you season two was going to be a little different. We are keeping with our mission to find out how people connect with each other and to their own genuine selves. And we'll do that in so many different ways. Next week, we celebrate our first anniversary as we turn the tables. I'll turn the hosting duties over to the amazing Jane Boone, the winner of the Pauline Riage Novel Award for her work, Edge Play. And for those who don't know, that is the award given by the National Leather Association to works that emulate and honor the work inspired by the author of The Story of O. Jane has told me there are a lot of surprises in store, and I think you'll enjoy hearing some of the stories of how this show came to be, and even a little more about why I do what I do for all of you. That show will premiere next Tuesday. And with that, we bring the curtain down on the first show of season two. Special thanks to Abby Dandy. 
Constance, Carissa Dumond, and Rachel Adams for joining me. And to Sam Houston Binder for allowing us into his own private world and arranging this great episode. And to you, our listeners, we appreciate you more than you will ever know. As always, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.